Hello and welcome to You'll Probably Not Agree. I have Leo Brady from that movie guy. Fuck, from <laughs> amovieguy.com. Yep. I'm just going to keep going. This is like a tradition where I screwed up. <clears throat> and I have David McGowan from ravenswoodmedia.com. And I, Mike Crawley from You'll Probably Agree. Although this is You Probably Won't Agree, our official podcast or our official pilot where we just test everything that doesn't work. And this is probably going to be the worst episode, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so since it's election season, who's excited about election season? Yay! Yay. Clap. Clap. Two mm. bowls of shit for candidates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I'll argue that logic. But yeah. One of them's a piece of shit <laughs> uh, in the form of a Cheeto. Yes. Che- <laughs> Cheeto Jesus or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently he can shoot somebody and get away with it. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, g- going on the topic of political films, we will start by talking about our first movie. We have a list of them that we've chosen to discuss, and we'll talk about The Manchurian Candidate, the 1962 version with Frank Sinatra, Lawrence Harvey, who was the real star of that movie, in yes, my opinion. Yes, um, well, And uh, you're about to mention Angela Lansbury, who I think is... That was the real yeah. star. Yeah, the yes. evil mother. Yes. Yeah, it was like like Norman Bates' mom in like a political film, pretty right. much. And who played her husband? Um, it was... He's always a guy that reminds me of Joseph Cotton. Ah, uh, yeah. But it wasn't. <laughs> oh, here we go. It was James Gregory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm totally not going on IMDb and cheating right now. I swear. <laughs> That's okay. A lot of people do it. It's okay. My my, my, my eber.com buddies would just know it right away. They'd be like, oh, this guy. would be like, shut up. You're making me look dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what did you guys think of that movie? That was actually a pretty interesting film because, like, I remember... I didn't see the original originally. I saw the uh, Denzel version, which was directed by the man who did Silence of the Lambs. As I pulled Jonathan, it, Jonathan Demme. Demme. Demme yeah. Yeah. Is it Demi or yeah, Dem? It's or? Demi. Yeah. yeah. Was it good? It was okay. Is it better than the original? Oh, no. I oh no way. Yeah. No. yeah. It's like Day of the Jackal, you know, with Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Right. God, anything with Bruce Willis yeah, is, is I, crazy. I actually saw The Manchurian Candidate fairly recently for the first time. I mean, and I think like that's a movie that sort of um, people who watch it would probably say that it's an extreme version of politics, obviously, where things like brainwashing yeah. and, and the amounts of uh, levels that people would go behind the scenes just to make things work their way yeah to go to get into office to get into office but i think like it's also crazy because like today we would look at it and be like well maybe now it's not too far (laughs) oh yeah i think it's a manhattan candidate donald trump is the manhattan yeah and 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 this is the uh the reasoning is is that uh first of all he's got this love affair with putin (laughs) putty putin yeah, and then you've got uh, you got uh, Roger Ailes and Fox News behind him, right? And then, do you know who Putin is dating? I do not. Wendy Murdoch's ex-wife. Oh, wow. that's, was she a supermodel? That is weird. Yeah, that <laughs> no, is very she was weird. a Chinese uh, broadcaster. Oh okay. wow. Okay. So, anyways, uh, I mean that yeah. that is <laughs> yeah. that's whacked out. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, and I think, like, uh, you know, 
these characters sort of go to like extreme lengths. And when you're seeing like this opening sequence of like all these men, you know, sort of brainwashed and dreaming of like what they're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like just it's a moment that takes you back. You know, you're just like, what the hell is going on? Why my, are they, yeah, why are my they, favorite. Why my are they favorite. going along with this? I love it when <laughs> she, when Angela Lansbury is holding Lawrence Harvey, <laughs> and she's saying they're going to pay for this. <laughs> they don't know who they're dealing with. Yeah, and she's like petting his hair, oh and it's God. almost an erotic scene between mother and son. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you know what the one I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, you know, I just saw for the first time like a uh, few days ago. Yeah, I've never seen the original before. All I saw was the Jonathan Dem version. Yeah. Uh, where, oh yeah, Raymond Shaw was played by Liev Schreiber, which was actually a pretty good casting choice. Yeah. Um, and then Denzel, obviously, is in the Frank Sinatra role. Oh, so yeah, you didn't want to talk Marco. about the, uh, the black and white one? No, the black and white one's way better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the one I want to talk about. Yeah. Because... Uh, so you haven't seen it? Uh, not, not until, like, this weekend. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, I just saw it recently, and it, it, it was, I mean, yeah, it's like... Politics are crazy today, especially now that we have a reality show star running for the president. Um, but, like, it's still, it's not, I don't think people are getting brainwashed and getting forced to, like, murder each other. Right. You know? And I remember when I saw the remake, I'm like, okay, there's no way the original was this batshit crazy. Right. And it actually was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you watched it, you just watched it this weekend. What's like? What's the most memorable scene for you out of that movie? Oh, Chris, I, I, you know what I really liked about it was that in the end, like the good guys don't win. Right. I like the fact that uh, Raymond Shaw actually uh, is uh, does assassinate. I believe it was um, the 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 running mate. Correct. And was he supposed to kill the running mate, or was he supposed to he, kill the he, guy up for president? Did he he's, do? He's, he, yeah, he's supposed to kill the guy up for president because his his I think it's his stepfather yeah. is his running mate. So uh, like, if they would kill the president, then his stepfather would step in place, and then they would basically they had it all planned out. Had it all he was planned supposed out. to sweep in and, and yeah. hold up the dead body. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember and he ruined it because he said like nobody will ever stop them. And I was, you know, the, the only way to do it was to kill him. And that's why I didn't call you because they were supposed to, he was supposed What's to call. What's he say at the end? He goes, my God, Ben. Yeah. Is yeah. that what he did? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I mean, I like, I remember, you know, the, the assassination attempt scene with like Sinatra pushing people out of right. the way and just yeah. going up staircase after staircase. Was to it get handheld? You know, no. it looks Going like through the it. It does look like it, sort of, but I, I, I don't think it is. I mean, there's yeah. moments where it's a little bit shaky, but I think they kind of, like, just place the camera up at the top of the steps where he's coming All towards right. the camera yeah. and things like that. Uh, for me, my first time viewing it, you know, I had my wife asleep on the couch, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I audibly yelled when there's an assassination attempt and that sort of goes wrong. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't yeah, want to yeah. give it away too much, but like when we don't want to spoil a yeah, movie that's, that's from been, 1962. Right. Yeah, I guess there's no spoilers <laughs> anymore, right? Um, well, I mean, but when Raymond Shaw's character kills somebody that he loves, I audibly screamed and like woke up my wife from like whatever oh, what she was taking. Yeah, oh, in the apartment. In the apartment. Um, yeah, and I'm just like. You know, that's a moment where it's like through the milk carton. When he shoots Leslie Parrish and correct, her father, yeah, correct. John I mean, MacGyver, yes, MacGyver, yes, whatever. Yeah, I mean that—that's a moment <laughs> where you're just Jordan. like that. I mean, you couldn't believe. 
the brainwashing would be that strong, and it you, would go yeah, that, you yeah. know, it would go to that level. You know, I, I'm old enough to to kind of remember the controversy when that movie came out. Yeah. They shut it down. Right. Yeah. Yes, because uh, JFK and they was didn't, assassinated. They didn't show it on TV until I think 1974. Right. Because mm-hmm. it was so sensitive about the the uh, Kennedy thing. Yeah, and I think and I think I remember reading that Sinatra himself was like, you know best friends with Kennedy and he was very conscious and made it so that they didn't put it. Put he it was out. best friends with Kennedy in yeah. 62. I just belched in the microphone. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's uh, that? I, I, I belched at the most inappropriate time when talking oh. about a president getting shot. And I apologize to everybody. Listening <laughs> to that. Oh. You're, you're all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Sinatra, you know, felt a certain responsibility almost to say, this is, you know, something that we don't want people. Oh, getting... is he the one that put the kibosh on it? Yeah, I think oh. he was part of the you know the production of it, and I think he was uh, working with the production <laughs> company, and he wanted to make sure that they, yeah. you know, were very sensitive to the times. And I think, you know, I don't know if you know they made this movie before that had happened to Kennedy, so I don't know if they felt like you know they'd be insensitive, but it's not like it was a movie that gave anybody ideas. You know, right. assassinations yeah. had happened before, and. Uh, you know, the thing that happened with Kennedy obviously was something that you had to pay attention to, and you couldn't just put it out there for, for audiences to see. Right, and after Manchurian Candidate, what was the next one with Warren Beatty? I think it was Warren Beatty and John Houston. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good question. God, what was the name of that? I, that I don't was know a top of really my head. whacked out one, but it was a good one. Yeah. It was almost like a parody of the conspiracy... Uh, uh, motif, yes, genre, yeah. Here, let's look. Everybody's it up. doing IDBM, but now, but now, but now, well, we can't have dead air. But yeah. uh, having yeah. having talked about the Manchurian Candidate assassination films, we will fast forward in time. Oh no, to... let's talk about Manchurian Candidate still. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's still. Real. I'm I mean, the host. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that scene when um, uh, they're they're the two guys are talking Sinatra and I think it was the black guy were talking about yes, their fine, experience yeah. with um, DBF. What when every every anybody asks them, uh, what do you think about Raymond Shaw? And he goes, Raymond Shaw is one of the kindest, most, <laughs> most generous. generous. And, and then he turns to um, he, and he turns to um, Frank Sinatra. He goes, I can't stand Raymond. Shaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of the whole the whole thing. Like everyone was kind of brainwashed to say these great things about Raymond Shaw, obviously, because he was going to run for office. But, you know, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is nobody could stand the guy because he was just kind of a he was kind of a jerk and he came from an affluent family. And yeah. but he was but he also had principles and he had a woman that he loved who, you know, unfortunately, that tragic thing happened to her. And I, right. yeah. Played uh, Jocelyn Jordan, played by Leslie Parrish. Yeah, um, I, I think too, gorgeous. Like, yeah, yeah, totally gorgeous. And Janet Lee as well in that yeah. as well. But I think, I think too, you know, this is a movie that came out at a time where like communism was like a very sensitive subject in yeah. Hollywood, and and the fact that there was a thought process that you know a communist country could brainwash our own like our own men, our own soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, that was sort of a, that's true. But yeah. there, but there was also. Um, this was the beginning of when America began to understand that they had been, they had been played. Yeah, they had been played by that whole anti-red thing in the fifties. Right, and I think yeah. there's a strain of that that runs underneath. Yeah, the, in the Manchurian Candidate, that that 
they're using that to yeah. confuse us about other stuff. And there was that one character in the movie who basically was the Joseph McCarthy of that film going around calling everybody a communist yeah. in the picture. And they quite literally Oh, he had even that had a ketchup there. bottle, didn't he? Was yeah. 57. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that actually reminded me of a, a, a great film uh, directed by George Clooney uh, called Good Night and Good Luck. Yeah. Oh, that was, was good. About, yeah, about Edward R. Murrow Very and good. his, um, you know, reporting on Joseph McCarthy and how basically he's just completely nuts calling everybody a communist. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was a very transformative time and it's funny that um it's funny when uh, i was getting an argument with someone recently because i i'm like one of the few people who was like kind of giving jimmy fallon shit for giving uh yeah. trump like a kind of airtime yeah, yeah like basically like he was giving uh someone who is a demagogue uh promoting xenophobic slander you know like a puff piece yeah so when that was happening a friend of mine was arguing that you shouldn't um, um, that, that 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 someone like that shouldn't be given. Uh, if you're a comedian, uh, that the media. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted. The media is, in essence, um, making too much of a narrative out of each candidate, and yeah. making a narrative is something that's bad. But it's like, well, Edward R. Murrow made a narrative off of. Joseph McCarthy, and thank God he did. Yeah. Because if he didn't, and he didn't expose this guy for what he was, right? people would have just thought what he was doing was either natural or they wouldn't have questioned it as much publicly. Right. So it's not as much the narrative, because if you're reporting a narrative that is um, truthful and appropriate, then that's absolutely fine. You know, it's just when you end up doing things where you don't even challenge a president's or you don't challenge someone who's running for office. Yeah. Or you don't challenge anybody. You don't, you don't use the word liar. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. You're lying. But now they're starting to do that. A yeah. little bit more. I mean, I think, that, yeah, I think it, as journalists, they have a responsibility to stop that candidate in his tracks mm -hmm. when he's trying to essentially continue to spread a lie. Yeah. You know, I think something came out today with the debate coming up tomorrow, uh, talking about how Lester Holt needs to fact check. And, uh, people with the debates committee were saying it's not Lester Holt's job to fact check everything while it's up on stage. But I think that's, that's horseshit. It's yeah. totally <laughs> crap. I mean, I think it is his job. Yeah. I think he's a journalist. If he believes in journalism, if he believes that actually like getting to the bottom of the truth so that the public is not lied to and the public is not get being misinformed, you need that moderator to call him out on that. What yeah. happened in the Manchurian Candidate? What, what was the press's role in that? I can't remember. The press? Yeah. Was, was, I don't think they had much Yeah, I mean, I think, film. well, <laughs> I remember Angela Lansbury's character sort of being very in, in cahoots, to use that word, but in cahoots yeah. with the press, sort of like setting up press days. Kind, yeah, kind of like, but like there was, was no character but there, that was Yeah, that was no, there was like no journalist yeah, character. Yeah, there was no really. journalist character, really, right. but Angela Lansbury was essentially like steering the wheel 
that was the press to make sure that, you know, they were looking good and that, you know, her yeah. son was a hero, uh, you know, when in a lot of ways, you know, some of the other people. She had, was manipulating yeah, him. Yeah, manipulating yeah. him yeah. the whole time. So, I mean, it's funny because, like, I mean, Donald Trump, the reason he's probably doing so well outside of, you know, the crazy racist white people who are voting for him right. is because I knew I promised myself I wouldn't get political on this, but we're talking about political. No, it's okay. <laughs> political. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're going the hand in hand. They go hand Why not? Hand. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll say some stuff about Hillary too. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, she's 69. Who wouldn't fuck up with their emails at 69? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to excuse that? And yes, I am. Yeah. Um, but like basically like Trump knows how to play to the camera because he's not a businessman. He's uh, an entertainer. Yeah, he's an entertainer. You know, like he he was given a small loan of a million dollars by his father. Oh, what a small loan that was. Yeah. And uh, I thought it, I thought there was reports that it bloomed to like 14 million eventually uh, the loan that he got from his dad. Yeah, and, it bloomed to 4 billion. Yeah. So which, I mean, it's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, but the Actually, a movie like The Manchurian Candidate and today's political, you know, narrative go really hand in hand in a lot of ways. I mean, because I think there needs to be checks and balances on politicians because of situations that could happen like yeah. that. There's you know? something there's something <laughs> going on with Trump, too, in that um, like that trip to Mexico, like some of his endorsements. Yeah. Like Cruz. Yeah. Right. Like, where's this coming from? That that Cruz is now coming in and um and endorsing. Yeah, but I, I think it comes I come it comes from people who are on the Republican side who are gutless and not able to say I'm going to put myself or put my own morals above the party. Yeah. Or is it money? Maybe it's that too. I mean, also you know you get a guy like Chris Christie or 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 Cruz. They eventually hope they'd be getting some form of cabinet position maybe down the line, but I don't. I don't think they're seeing through the forest of, you know, of the eventual mess that could be if Donald Trump was our president. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're saying, I re- care more about Supreme Court justices instead of who the Republican nominee is, yeah. which is not right. You know what I mean? They should have a, a sort of respect for themselves to not let the person who is running for president treat them like shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's and like, you still had to be respectful and for kind yourself. of self. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean the fact that this, the, this election just like, is so ugly. I, the fact is like people are fake nice to each other during an election and not telling each other to go fuck themselves right. essentially, because yeah. you still have to have some sort of precedent to show to the world that you are a respectable leader. Yeah. I and when you take that away, it's you know it it just makes for something that is absolutely humiliating for America. Although we have been humiliated before, and yeah. it's funny that Donald Trump said that you know like in 1976 he was worth 200 million dollars, most of which was from his father, <laughs> and really like. If he had put $200 million into an index fund and reinvested the dividends, he'd be worth about $12 billion today. But that's something else entirely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, having said that, uh, we'll transition back into movies. Yeah, well, yeah let's go back to JFK. <laughs> yeah, we can. let's go on to JFK, too. Because yeah. I think, too, that's a, that's a movie itself. I mean, I remember seeing that movie. What is it? 1991? 90, uh, like, JFK. That was later. the same year I was nominated. Oh, there you go. It was. Awesome. I remember. I remember seeing um, 
because I was pissed David off. David McGowan, yeah. by the way, was nominated for an Academy Award for no best uh, yeah, right? short <laughs> film subject for Mark of the Maker. Awesome. And uh, and I I didn't get the Oscar, uh, and I went out to uh, um, something about GM. Oh okay um, okay I forget. But anyhow, I was so pissed off. I went Fuck out. Fuck that guy. I went yeah. out. <laughs> I went out in the hallway just to just to kind of vent. And I was out there, and, and I was so mad. I was like like I was steaming, seething. <laughs> and yeah. then who is out there already? But Oliver Stone, who had lost for JFK. Wow. And he was twice as steamed. <laughs> and, and it's like when two-year-olds have tantrums, you know, and one two-year-old is screaming. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, the other two-year-old stops and looks at him and like, whoa, chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing for me. Wow. I was like, wow. Was he just like on the phone or something? Yeah, and it was early What's cell phones. Oh, so like, he had like the whole Wall Street it phone. Looked, no, it looked, oh, more than that, it looked like something out of combat. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. It was probably one of his like His fucking, old platoon. His yeah. old platoon phone. <laughs> he just like, motherfucker, I hate I remember you. it was really controversial and yeah, people say it's fact challenge though, but the essence of it caught for our generation, I mean, I'm much older than you guys. And, right. Uh, my my generation, it was we never got closure on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every well, now and then the documentary comes out says we can prove irrefutably that Oswald acted alone. No. Yeah. 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 And, right. And you go, you, you want to say okay, but then just too many things are weird. Yeah. That Jack Ruby comes in and shoots him. Who the fuck right. is Jack Ruby? Right. A small-time mobster. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also, too, when you look at not just a movie like that, I mean, just the case of JFK being assassinated, I mean, it's certainly, I don't think it's the originator of, of uh, conspiracy theories, but, I mean, it certainly started a format of people believing conspiracies, talking about conspiracies, things that were going on behind the scenes that people didn't really know about. And I think when I just remember when that movie came out, you know, as a young kid in 1991, I mean, I think I was in like, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like that, that just fascinated me. You know what I yeah. mean? That was like a story that just, did you know about the, the assassination? And Not really until I had seen that movie. I mean, when I had seen JFK, it sort of opened my eyes to like the entire story. I mean, obviously what? I had learned about it in, in grammar school and junior mm. high, but you know, what I got from the About history the books. controversy? Or? Yeah, I mean, but I think, like, the controversy itself came, for me, a lot from watching that movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think, I think that's sort of the power of the film that Oliver Stone was able to sort of make. Yeah. Where, the I mean, one I really liked, though, and it came out about the same time as Chris Christopherson, and he plays a um, Texas Ranger. Okay. And they find this, this Jeep out in the desert that had... It had a skeleton in it and it had a bag of money. Okay. And right. there was a gun in the back. And it was like uncovered from a rain or something that, yeah. that washed through the desert. Yeah. And it turns out to be the JFK assassin. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. oh it was a really cool wow, movie. What is that movie. Yeah. And that yeah. movie yeah. had, that because I got wrapped up. I'll tell you a little story. When, I, when the, um, the, uh, uh, the JFK assassination happened was 61, uh, 63, yeah, 63, 63. And I was in first grade at St. Mary's high school. I remember I was in grade fifth grade at the in, time. Um, yeah. In, um, <laughs> in uh, Michigan city. 
And uh, as about two in the afternoon, they all lined us up to let us out. And back then, you have girls line and boys line. And we we're going out to the street to catch, you know, our rides home and so forth. And I remember this nun bent down and hugged me. And I had no idea what it was about. And why she hugged me, I don't know. But that it, it really cemented that day in my head. And because uh, our family's Catholic and we were really into the JFK thing, yeah, my dad's yeah. Irish, you know, so that <laughs> whole thing was a big deal. That assassination reverberated with us. Yeah. I mean, it just, we couldn't let it go. Yeah. yeah. And JFK was good. But that Chris Christopherson movie gave me some feeling of, mm. yeah, right. that's cool. You right. know, right. there's some. Right. It had a different twist to it. To it. Yeah. 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 Did anybody find it? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to. I'd have to ask Google. Chris yeah. Christopherson. Do you know what year it came out around, maybe? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Hmm. hmm. Anyways, while we looked that up, like what I, what I really enjoyed about. Uh, JFK was like it, it kind of falls into the category of dramatic license where everyone says, "Oh, that movie's not accurate at all." Like it pretty much says that uh, Clay Shaw, played by Tommy Lee Jones, was responsible for the assassination, and then um, Kevin Costner's whole argument was as to why yeah. he was responsible. But the the, the problem was is that uh, you know it, it wasn't really about like what was wrong in the film, but it was meant to capture what everybody felt at the time. The spirit. Yeah. yeah. And, and what everybody felt was just a feeling of absolute panic, absolute uncertainty, Yeah, which is why Oliver Stone's style that he uh, used, maybe a little bit to excess natural-born killers. Yeah. But Oliver Stone's style in JFK was so fantastic where he would cut to like the old eight millimeter cameras that were in color. Zapruder film. Yeah, and the Zapruder film and then the black and white cameras and he cut all in between those yeah. in a very sort of hectic way as if, you know, Oliver Stone just fucking was in the editing room and he did a huge line of coke and then like <laughs> he just started smashing buttons on the keyboard. Yeah. Which basically like his uh, editor um, during an interview, I think it was with uh, a show called The Directors, uh, was okay. talking about that. He said that like the way they edited the film was like Oliver Stone just kept going faster, faster. And it was during a sequence where Gary Oldman, who uh, played Oswald, was, yeah. you know, I think walking out of the theater. And like he kept saying faster, and the editor's like, well, how much faster? And then eventually he just smashed a bunch of buttons. <laughs> really? And then Oliver Stone's like, perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's what that film captures is a sense of of absolute, you know terror yeah which is what everyone at the time felt and that's really what the movie's about and uh i remember when reading roger ebert's great movies volume one yeah uh, jfk was on that list and a very uh, uh well-known reporter approached him and he said you know that movie's completely false you know and you know it, it's just dumb yeah and and uh roger in response said well you see films you know, uh, journalism is about reporting. Yeah. You know, films are about feelings. Yeah. Having said that, Donald Trump's campaign is about feelings more than it is about, about facts. <laughs> facts or about policy. Yeah. But essentially, that movie is meant to show you 
how something feels. And I think through fiction, you find a greater truth yes. in what you are watching. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think, too, with, like, Oliver Stone, I mean, it's not like he doesn't do his homework. Oh, you he know does what I mean? his homework. He does his <laughs> homework. I mean, he's studying these things. He's talking to people uh, who are heavily involved with it. But And at the same time, I mean, you talk about that fast pace of editing. He, he does a good job of, you know... Uh, taking his lead character and making sure he shows that the cards are stacked against him. And Mm -hmm, I I often mm -hmm, remember mm -hmm. after seeing that movie that Kevin Costner just looked exhausted throughout it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And and that was right when Costner was sort of at the top of his game. You have to give like a 40 some minute monologue. monologue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? He's sort of like really putting him through the ringer of that, uh, for that performance. And you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, clearly there's some dramatic license to take him, but you're right. I mean, in some in some ways, that fa- the facts come shine through, and yeah. you know when he's Donald just, Sutherland. That, yeah, that's oh, when, Donald yeah, Sutherland. When he's sort of just telling it like it is. That's when the facts sort of start to he had shine it pulled it all together. You yeah. had to yeah. have that scene. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did that happen? Probably not. Right. But you know what? It's like it just works yeah. so well. And again, it's like if you want to find something with facts, like. Read a book. Right. You know, see maybe a documentary, unless it's directed by Michael Moore, who I actually think I actually like his movies, and now I lost all my listeners. But I, I actually <laughs> I actually like his movies because like he actually tries to promote something that's positive, you know, like right. healthcare for everyone. Yeah. Not everybody should have guns, you know. Yeah. Like I think like that's that's kind of a good thing to promote. But I mean, yeah, he goes overboard a bit, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, and I think too as a director, you know, the uh the fact versus fiction thing starts to, you know, blend together yeah. and, and you can't really see it when you, there's conversations that are happening that we weren't there and the director wasn't there. Yeah. So he's, so as a writer of a script, uh, you know, a script writer, they need to sort of be able to have an idea of what that conversation might've looked like in those yeah. rooms, yeah, yeah. you know? So when that happens, you might have some things that are not truthful you know, yeah. or some things that are a little bit, uh, biased towards mm-hmm. a, a certain way. Yeah, because I mean, and you do have to punch it up a bit because if you make it completely factual, I don't know if JFK would have been as engaging of a film as it was. Like, yeah, it was probably a little too bombastic. Yeah, but I mean, it, it is three because, hours. Too. Yeah, <laughs> and it keeps your attention. Yeah, you know, yeah, like it, it, you definitely feel like you know your head's about to explode by the end, but it's not <laughs> overwhelming and ridiculous like something like Natural Born Killers was. Right, and I thought he transitioned that style like wonderfully into Nixon, which is like my favorite political film yeah um but like there is a greater truth you know through those movies that you find you know like when when you when when they have fiction you understand how somebody felt at a time you know and maybe why they made certain mistakes yeah so that's kind of where that uh falls in the line i mean another great example of an oliver stone film um i know we were supposed to talk about all the president's men next but we'll talk about nixon yeah let's talk about nixon first yeah um and that's my favorite political film because yeah, I, I definitely need to sit down and watch it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> hey Dave, have you seen Nixon? No. Oh, okay. Well, here here's the thing. Nixon is a movie that actually got me. Uh, I remember Frank I, Lagella, right? No, that's uh, uh, no, that's, that's Frost, Frost Nixon, Frost. which is also still pretty good. It's it's okay. Yeah, it was, it was like a Ron Howard movie, and all his movies are like never really distinct. Yeah, like you can never look at a Ron Howard movie and be like, that's a fucking Ron Howard film. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just very generic. Yes. Um, but with, with Oliver's 
uh, Stone, like you could tell, especially through the 90s, his pictures. Uh, anyways, Nixon was the film that really got me into the politics of that time. Yeah. And he actually made the movie Nixon uh, in memoriam to his father. Okay. Because his father was a big Nixon supporter, and no, Oliver Stone is not was not like really on that end of the political spectrum maybe yeah i mean for me uh born on the fourth of july if we're talking about stone films that's a movie for me that got me actually involved like into political films political conversations i I think that's a movie that sort of sparks Mm. that that shows more of oliver stone's opinion than probably a movie like nixon does yes well i was just a young lad when i saw (laughs) nixon and i didn't understand a word they were talking about yeah but his style turned me out so much i remember like every few seconds during the movie i turn to my father and ask what's this about what what's the bay of pigs daddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) daddy what's watergate you know like i was really young yeah and uh president do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah they hated nixon oh yeah you can't fathom just how hated by Half the country he was. Right. Mm. And by the time he left, it was even more. I mean, it was 75% of the country. Yeah. Yeah. They hated his guts. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because this is why this is my favorite uh, political film. Because this is a movie that does a wonderful job putting a human face on a man who never is given a human face. Like every depiction of Nixon everywhere, you get the same thing. You yeah. get the actor who has like the big nose. <laughs> Simpsons episodes. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like everything's just <laughs> Don't horrible put me away, about Monty. him. Yeah, <laughs> everything just shows him as like a, a crooked individual and a bad person. Yeah, you know what have you? And the way Anthony Hopkins played it was that he played it more straight. You know, yeah. he wasn't just going for what Frank Langlois did in like Frost yeah. Nixon, where yeah, he's like, Frank "We're Lang- gonna make the motherfuckers joke." <laughs> yeah. <You know>? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Frank Langella does get a little bit angry towards the end and, yeah. and show he's sort of power hungry. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what Oliver Stone does is he absolutely displays those things that Nixon had. Yeah. They show that Nixon knew he was breaking the law, very much so. Yeah. They very much show that Nixon had a very deep-seated dark side to him, but they also showed why he was that way. And to your point where everyone hated him, like to an absolutely insurmountable level, uh, they they absolutely show how how Nixon was paranoid to the point where everyone hated him, and he hated the fact that nobody would love him like they would love Kennedys. Yeah, you know, yeah. like to him, it's like the Kennedys are rich; they were given everything. He came from a small, small Quaker town, yeah. you know, where basically his uh, uh, family were just basically working in a grocery store and they were living next door to a bunch of uh, people who it was just the poorest of the poor small yeah. town in California yeah you know most of his brothers died from tuberculosis yeah yeah I mean I think too you know he was somebody who who really cared about his legacy as a president yeah, yeah. I mean that sort of seemed to be his downfall eventually right mm-hmm. I mean he cared more about what people thought about him yeah. Than actually, you know, doing the right thing. Yeah. And he, and in <laughs> some ways he did care. Like he did make peace with China. I mean, he ended the Vietnam War way too late. You right. know, he stretched that thing on so he could get a second term. Right. So he could be a wartime president, right. much like Bush did. But But do you think then, do you think Oliver Stone took like 
dramatic license with oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the wonderful thing about the dramatic license with this film yeah. is that it made you understand Nixon to such a better extent. Yeah. You know, like people have said, he never really had those personal moments in the film where, like, I don't think, because towards the end of the picture, like, after, like, right after he makes the signature to resign as president, um, he's on his knees next to Henry Kissinger, like, breaking down crying yeah you know yeah and he's just asking his mother who we always looked up to so much like what have i done wrong and i just tried to do the best i could and yeah. it's like you know obviously that never happened yeah but it's like in a way you can understand what went inside the guy's head yeah and how he felt and how humiliating it was for him and how he knew like his whole legacy was going to fall apart and then in the end when he's making his farewell speech before he gets on the chopper and leaves for the white house like, there's an absolute, just like, like, I was choked up at the end. Yeah. And I say that a lot on the show, but. <laughs> right. Well, on the show with video, but. <laughs> hey, hey, don't forget, he was a shit. Right. Oh, no, he was a bad guy. Well, he, think, he was a shit even in the 50s. He was part of the House Un-American Committee. Yeah. I mean, he went after Alger Hiss when railroad him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and he was so bad that even Eisenhower yeah. didn't want anything to do with him. Right. Yeah. But so it's it's not like it it was crumbling at the end. No, he had a lifetime well, of it. Yeah. Right. Well, but I think too for a director though, like those complex, you know, those complex people make the best movies. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why Oliver Stone sort of has geared his films towards the complex. I yeah. mean, like yeah. Nixon, W, you know, yeah. like now recent with Snowden. I mean, yeah. these are people who are very complex who you can't just like tell one story or one yeah. way or the other. You can't tell one side and be yeah. like, well, we can't feel bad for him. You're like, fuck it. Because like, if you do that as a filmmaker yeah. or if you do that as a writer or an actor, if you're if you're just viewing your character as two dimensions, which right. like Al Pacino actually uh, regretted playing um, uh, Scarface yeah. as two-dimensional yeah. because he figured, you know, that wasn't doing the character justice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as, as doing the character justice, which, by the way, Scarface written by Oliver Stone. Right. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, you can't you can't be that way towards your subjects. And I think, like, Nixon, absolutely, he did horrible, deplorable things, you know. Yeah. But well, I, compared I, to what uh, people like Dick Cheney has done or the Bush administration right. or, or what some of these other guys have done. It's quaint. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, stretching on the Vietnam War obviously was not great, but we did stretch on the war in Iraq and we, uh, and also just breaking, I mean, a break in at the democratic headquarters, no big deal. <laughs> to, like what they do today. It's like, it's like emails. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, who gives a shit? Right. It's like uh, WikiLeaks releasing Democratic National you know, Convention emails, and it's not, you know. How Debbie Wasserman De- Schultz, Schultz the, yeah. the resting bitch face. Uh, she, uh, she, Is there any beer? What? Do you have any beer? Not in here. Oh. <laughs> we'll get those. Yeah, we, we should have had those. Yeah, we, we missed out on that. But there's there's a part <laughs> downstairs. Still, we have free yeah. access. But uh, pretty much like uh, what what um, should I go get some? Um, <laughs> while we're rolling. <laughs> but uh, that, but yeah, I mean yeah, I mean Hillary Clinton like taking votes and towards herself. Like I admit, I was livid when yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean but, it's. But I I think too. I, I, in terms of like filmmaking, yeah. you know, you talk about 
being objective and not, you know, taking one side of a person's mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like we've seen sort of a political shift of films today, uh, or at least a shift yeah. of political films, excuse me, in terms of just taking stories and making them as like patriotic as you can. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want to like go into or, you know, off track too much, but like no, you've no, had movies the last few <laughs> years with like American Sniper and you've had 13 Hours, the Benghazi oh, film. Fuck Michael Bay. That, I yeah. worked for him. Fuck uh, him. Yeah. It, you know, you got 13 Hours or most recently a movie sort of like Sully and, and, mm-hmm. and this coming weeks with uh, this movie Deepwater Horizon. I mean, you've got these movies where like the stories are not exactly as like. I mean, they're political in many ways, but, like, they're certainly stretched or I almost even view them as veering towards, like, propaganda. Like, yeah. Michael Bay's 13 Hours never never views anybody on, on the American side as being negative or, right. being, or being bad people. They're, 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 they're yeah. basically saints. They're saints in, yeah. you know, in their army fatigues. And, and I think like that, that, that may be true. Like, I don't know these people. They, they may be absolute perfect saints, but like, yeah. you know, I don't think you're exactly portraying them in an honest way because you're portraying them as perfect human beings who could do no wrong. How'd that film do? Uh, 13 I, hours? Yeah, I think it did well in the box office. Did but it? Yeah, Shame on you, America. Yeah, but I, I think it did okay in the box office, but I, I I know critics were, you know, critics watched that movie and they were just like... A shrug, yeah. Yeah, they were just like, okay, this is essentially like Michael Bay taking a, you know, a situation where people lost their lives yeah. and, and turning it into, you know, rah-rah America. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think if you want to look back, you know, as far as... You know, like we talked about during communism, you know, during the Red Scare, things like that. People frowned upon movies being propaganda, you know. Yeah. And the like, last one was Green Beret with John yeah, Wayne. Yeah. 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 yeah, like yeah people yeah. frowned upon that. And like a movie like 13 Hours, I mean, if I was somebody from a different country watching that movie, I'd be like, well, this is kind of American propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're making the bad guys look like, you know, the brown skinned mm. guys look like bad guys. And they're mm. making the Americans mm. be just patriotic heroes, which is. Again, his his portrayal of the film, he's allowed to do it, you know, as as much as he wants. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't necessarily see that as an honest portrayal. No, I mean, <laughs> American Sniper definitely did that a lot. Yeah, you know, uh, like the way I interpreted it at first was like that's just the way the soldiers, yeah. feel. Yeah, but then like hearing half the shit, which they that- are heroes. I mean, there's no taking away from them that they're heroes and things like that. But I think like mm. you know, you the, you have to show them in moments where they might be an asshole. You know, oh yeah, like they might be a, a bad person or they might yeah. do the wrong things. Yeah, so. and uh, what, what was the name of the American Sniper? I don't remember but oh chris kyle chris kyle yeah, yeah. I, mean, I i was very relieved to see uh bradley cooper at the dnc though i got yeah, i'm like oh yeah. thank god okay he's cool again <laughs> yeah yeah. And, then, yeah and then you had people who were like fuck you bradley cooper yeah. like you're supposed to be the american sniper it's like no he's bradley cooper he's not chris kyle you mean he doesn't actually <laughs> go around with a sniper <laughs> rifle and have a southern accent but yeah i mean that movie like whenever they showed like anyone of middle eastern descent it was just immediately followed by them doing something horrible. They even right. had that like one character who was, uh, I guess he was like a father, a family man. He let him into their hut and relax there for right. a while. And right, then it right. turned out he was a terrorist. And yeah. it was just like, you know, this, this absolutely promotes xenophobia in the worst possible way. Right. And then when Clint Eastwood goes out and says that everybody's saying that Donald Trump should be more politically correct or a bunch of pussies, you know, that just 
that just reinforces it. Right. But Winter, I mean, there are Winter these... Kills is the uh, name of the conspiracy movie from the 60s. Uh, With Chris Christopherson? No, no, oh. that was Flashpoint. That okay. was 1984. Okay. Winter Kills, it's a really, you guys got to see it. It's a yeah. really good conspiracy movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, John Huston. Okay. And uh, great director and Jeff Bridges. Okay, wow, yeah, I see that one. Yeah, I mean, like, but like a military movie that I often praise is Black Hawk Down. I'm a huge fan of Black Hawk Down mm. in a lot of ways because I think like that was like a terrible situation, and I felt I, I often felt like Ridley Scott just told the story. He didn't like he didn't know that one felt very rah rah America. To you thought me so? Evil like brown people. Like yeah. it felt that way to me. Yeah, well, it's certainly very chaotic, you know, and it shows like those like every the, the single, bad people being the bad. You know, yeah, I get what every you're single saying. person in there. That was just as bad as American Sniper to me, and to really? me, it was just yeah, like the whole time. Like every time you saw a black person, it's like oh, he's up to no good. Like maybe they had like the occasional like right. black American soldier. Like oh no, we we got a good one. Look, right, but still, in no, essence, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. It's certainly like one side of just white. Soldiers versus yeah, and, yeah. and it's go America and uh, who cares who dies? Like I don't know. Like I'm not a fan of and one thing that really uh, drives me nuts. Uh, what was that FX show that they had that was about guys who were in Iraq? It was it called like Going Home or some shit? I don't it know. Might have been yeah. But like I hate those military movies that don't take a fucking stance. Like that don't have a voice. They're all impartial. Like the Hurt Locker. I just thought was boring and generic yeah like it just show where they go in there but it's like god damn it if you're gonna make a movie about something i'm not saying you should have an agenda but it should be at least about something uh zero dark 30 i think you're thinking that one i really liked i did too yeah i liked zero dark 30 a lot yeah because like that one wasn't a film that needed to take a stance at all or needed to say anything and i'm not saying all war movies have to have an agenda absolutely not but no war movies have any agenda yeah zero dark 30 was great though because it really did kind of capture you know, how hard it was to kill yeah. someone like Bin Laden. Right. And it definitely did not show the American soldiers as, like, these wonderful flowery kind of guys. Like, yeah. they, they like when they went inside the hut to take down Bin Laden, they very much show that, you know, there was, like, a mother with a child that I think they just kind of shot. Right. They shot, not the kid, but, like, the, the, the mom. Mother, yeah. Yeah, like, they didn't even give a shit. They were, like, even making jokes about it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and I think, like, like, what you're saying, though, I think for me with Black Hawk Down, it was kind of more of, like, shit went wrong for yeah. them. They weren't perfect at, like, being military people, and they were doing shitty they were doing a shitty job at yeah, you know, yeah. At, at being military people but they had to find their way out of it in the end and i yeah. I, I i do see your point a little bit on how it is very rah-rah america in yeah. some ways but i think like these movies that clint eastwood has sort of been putting out with american sniper yeah i think that is like a little bit more obvious it's yeah. like you, you can just tell it's like he's He's gaining off of the fact that like people are very proud to be Americans, yeah. and they're gonna go and pay to see his movie because they love America. And I'm proud to be <laughs> an American. <laughs> God, what was the one with the uh, three guys in Iraq that do some sort of heist, and at the same time, three kings, three kings. Oh, I never yeah, saw never, that. That I David, it, David uh, O. Russell. Oh, yeah. Russell. It is good. I've, yeah. I've heard good things about it. I, I still need to Who see was that. In that? Uh, George Clooney, Ice Cube, George, and Marky Mark. Marky Mark, yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I, I don't know. Did you see um, the Lone Survivor? That's another one. Uh, no, with, I didn't. With Mark Wahlberg. Oh, you know what movie's propaganda is Max? Oh, the the, the one the about dog? the war dog. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> 
movie. <laughs> it's like, Fuck! I love dogs right, and I love America. <laughs> Let's just put them together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, they could have just called that American Sniper the dog edition. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, jeez. God. So, so I know we got way off track. Okay, there. but anyways, so, uh, yeah, so, so dramatic license, JFK, Nixon, uh, All the President's Men. That's a movie that's more sort of grounded in journalism. That's a good movie. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a movie that sort of left me cold at the end, and I think like a lot of people probably felt that way. And I think Roger Ebert wrote about that, like the feeling because like yeah. it essentially just tells you that they got Nixon at the end. You yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't show, show you the, the, like, again the that hatred. Thing, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I think like people were just like, oh, okay, so they just got him. Like, what the fuck? Like, show me Nixon. You know, being like, sitting I don't up know. There. I don't think he could. No, who played Nixon in that? I don't think they ever show Nixon. Yeah, right. No, they don't. That, Nixon, played Nixon, right. yeah, Nixon <laughs> played Nixon. Yeah, Nixon played Nixon. B-roll footage. And I think that was purposeful because you think they, so? Yeah, because because like at that time, uh, like I said, they hated him so much, and then by the time All Presidents Men came out, there was some residual of that still. Yeah. So that if you brought Nixon into it, you would have completely diverted from the story of Bernstein and Woodward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nixon I made an easy antagonist, you know? Yeah, right, um, right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Bob Woodward played by Robert Redford, Carl Bernstein played by Dustin Hoffman, and then they had their uh, boss, Benjamin Bradley, played Jason by the late I think Jason he was Roberts. the best part of it. Oh, Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, did no, he win? Yeah. The, uh, he might have won. He was nominated for the Oscar for it, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Did he? I don't know. I, I wonder if he won. was nominated for his final performance in Magnolia, where he's the dying father. Oh, yeah. He's really good in that. Yeah. Um, and then you have Hal Holbrook, who played Deep Throat, who yeah. uh, came out. Uh, if I, I had it in my notes here. years ago, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Mark Feltz uh, right, was a it. second assistant director of the FBI, yep. and he was um, Deep Throat, yeah. right? Um, he was confirmed by Woodward and Burns. To be an FBI special agent, uh, he later retired from the FBI uh, uh, as the bureau's deputy director in 1973, and uh, he admitted to being deep throat on May 31st, 2005. Yeah. So yeah, it helps when I take notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, but uh, yeah, but but pretty much like uh, you know, he was the guy who like obviously at the time he wasn't there, and people argued that the character of Deep Throat was made up, you know, yeah. like, because they just needed a, like, made-up character, like, in the book that Woodward uh, and Bernstein no, no, were, yeah. wrote. That would be giving that, them their information. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, the guy in the garage. and <laughs> um, But apparently, like, he was a real guy. And that was absolutely, uh, like, uh, if, if you're a writer, you like journalism. Oh, yeah. It's a very good film. I mean, it's certainly kind of a dry film. But I, it's funny. The movie that won... Uh, Best picture this year was sort of uh, all a president's menish type of film, yes. which was Spotlight. Spot, spotlight, yeah. Spotlight. It spotlight. Is. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a spotlight. Park the car and have Yeah. Clam chowder. But but you're right. I mean, like it's certainly a little bit dry, procedural. Yeah. But like I mean, I think like the way that movie, the way that's all, what all makes all, it work, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's the kind of journalism you want. Like, yeah. And I think the way that movie starts in general is just like two guys who just kind of are like. Oh, like what's this? And then all of a sudden, it turns into being, you know, probably the biggest story that the Boston Globe has ever right because or the Washington was, Post, excuse yeah. me, the Boston Post has ever. I broken. think a lot of it was just because um, 
And I, I'm going to come back to Kennedy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, people forget that um, at the time, there was just this, again, it's conspiracy, but people thought that Nixon had something to do with it. Yeah. With the assassination. Yeah. Wow. Or it, maybe not directly, right. but part of that cabal that yeah. made it happen. Yeah. So when he falls, there's some... Thing, there's some sort of justice in your your head. You're thinking, we got back at him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, certainly there was uh, maybe sort of a, a vengeance aspect to Why it. Why wasn't the candidate on your list? What? The I don't candidate. know. Because I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know that mil- film then, right? Yeah. You've seen it? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't but, even think I've seen it. Oh, it's a good film. Yeah. yeah. Who's in that? Uh, the, the Redford. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Robert yeah. Redford. Yeah. 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 But, and a lot who of, else? A lot uh, of the, political films. The, the other guy that they... God, what was his name? He was also in um, Three Days of the Condor, I think. I but what I really loved about All the President's Men was kind of um, to the point of... It is kind of dry storytelling, but it was engaging the whole time. The movie's about two hours, 18 minutes. Yeah. And... Uh, the whole time, like you're actually kind of engaged, and you have to pay close attention yeah, to it. Yeah, even and though nobody gets shot, and there's no yeah, babes. You know, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no, there's no Oliver Stone craziness. There's no scenes where people are freaking out and yelling and throwing, you know. Yeah, there's no, there's no moment of language. Right. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you, you know, compared sort of rat fucking in the movie, but you know, <laughs> right? Or like compared to like Spotlight, which has that moment for like Mark Ruffalo, where he's just like, they had it, you know, they did this, this, and that. And yeah, like, there's really never, yeah. There's really never a moment like that in all the presidents met. It's seriously just about like good journalism. Yeah, it's, it's about a, two guys. It's also on the a chemistry film. between um, Redford and and Hoffman. yes, they carry. Right. They get, I mean, that mo- it's definitely a director's film where. It's the actors who are going to, you know, who are basically going to carry the movie. Yeah. You know, you have them and Jason Roberts again, great boss. You know, he's a hard ass, but he's a likable hard ass. And like, I love the moment towards the end of the film where he's talking about where he covered a story like in his younger days where he completely fucked it up. Right. You know, and he thought that was going to be the end of him because at that point, Woodward and Bernstein, they had, uh, God damn it, who was it that they had that? That basically, it was one of the guys under Nixon's cabinet. Right. Uh, who? Alderman? Alderman, yes. Alderman. Alderman. I, I forgot to enunciate the H. The guy but with the, the soft uh, H. flat yeah. top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they had Alderman, you know? And it's like, that's it. We're finally going to, we're going to get this son of a bitch. Right. And then they, they lose him. Right. You know, they go, they, they go too far. They, they fly too close to the sun, you know? And one of their sources that was supposed to cite... Uh, saying that uh, Holderman indeed was involved with the break-in, uh, you know, ends up uh, saying publicly that, no, I never said Holderman was involved. And, you know, at that point, uh, Jason Roberts has this wonderful moment where he just kind of has a heart-to-heart with the guys outside the house, and he's like, yeah. look, I made the same mistake when I was a kid. Having said that, don't fuck this up. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, yeah, and I think that All the President's Men makes a point to say, like, as a journalist, you it matters what you put out to the public. Yeah. And it matters that you get it right. Yeah. And I think that's there's something about that 
that's been so lost today. I mean, in, in yeah. today's environment with uh, of politics, with like the internet, with like you know crazy conspiracy theory websites, yeah. you know, or yeah. it's been fractured. Yeah, it's been the, fractured. There's sides the that are has been fractured. Yeah, yeah. there's the sides that are like very heavy on the right and sides that are very heavy on the left, and like you don't get that. You don't get that just like unbiased reporting where mm-hmm. it's like you have to get it right. And if you don't get it right, you're going to be held accountable for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, there's been there's political websites that you know that report that oh Hillary Clinton's dying and Hillary Clinton has oh, yeah. you know She's she still... has she has AIDS or she has you know <laughs> she you, has AIDS. you know what I mean Pneumonia. like she has yeah yeah like it's she, sort of a difference but right yeah. right like you know they'll say oh she has Parkinson's or she's dying from cancer and it's like you know you can't just go out there and make statements like that no. without like without having actual facts to back it up, yeah. which is like which when you watch a movie like all the president's men it makes it really sad for journalism because like they like genuinely cared about getting it right yeah and that was a movie (laughs) that was more about the facts than it was about the dramatic license because you know it was a lot of scenes that probably took place during different days throughout a year where there's probably just days in between where i don't know they're just calling a bunch of sources that led nowhere (laughs) yeah but that, that was a great film where you know you could show how you can make a movie that's very factual, you know, and it can still be engaging, but it's all dependent on the film that right. you're making. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, All the President's Men, uh, certainly a great picture, uh, directed by Alan J. Polka. Did I say his name right? Say, yeah. <laughs> Pollock. Pollock. What? What? Wasn't that Pollock? Uh, Pakula. No. Uh, Pakula. Yeah, Pakula. Is okay. that like a Greek guy? <laughs> or or maybe it's Pacula. Yeah. Like Scott Pacula. Pac-Man. <laughs> I think it's Polish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you do? The Devil's Own, Presumed Innocence, See You in the Morning, Orphans, Dream Lover, Sophie's Choice. Oh, there you Revolver, go. Yeah. Starting Over. Uh, comes of... What the fuck? Uh, ah. Comes a horseman, which is really interesting too, though, because like all the president's men didn't win best picture, but like then you see a movie like I Spotlight, think it did, didn't it? No, uh, maybe you're right. Did it? No, uh, Jason Robards, best actor in a supporting role, best uh-huh. best screenplay, Nora uh, Ephraim, best uh, best art, uh, William William Goldman screenplay, Goldman. Uh, best uh, art direction, and best sound. That's oh. the four that it won. Oh yeah, yeah. typewriters. Typewriters, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but like, you look at a movie like then a movie like Spotlight wins last year, and it's like that that movie wins about great journalism, about about people in the newspaper industry doing yeah. their job, getting the facts, and make sure they have the facts before they run it to press. And you know, and now today. <laughs> that doesn't still doesn't seem to matter to people. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah, the the movie about good journalism. Wins We're in best a picture. transition phase right now. Yeah, the I mean, future yeah. is you know, <laughs> who knows what the journalism's going to yeah, turn into. Because yeah. now it's all about grabbing the most sensationalistic click-throughs. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you have very few journalists who are like probably the only person I really listen to now is like maybe Tom Hartman. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I listen to Rachel Maddow. Yeah, she's you know, good. She's yeah. good, and 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 you get some people. But I'm awful. I mean, I I I get all mine from the internet. All my depends on the site. Well, I read the the Times, but a lot of okay. it's from the internet. And I got to admit, whenever there's something with with times. Trump in the title, you're gonna click I on click it. it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's why he's so good at it because he knows how to grab your attention. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't matter to him whether it's bad or good. It just oh no, it doesn't. You. I mean, the man who ghost wrote um, 
uh, Art of the Deal. Yeah, the Art of the Deal. His name was Tony Schultz, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he basically said that, like, he initially wrote a uh, article that was not uh, that was not nice at all to Donald Trump's image. <laughs> and Donald Trump didn't care. He just liked the article, so he had him like write this book about him. Yeah. And then you know, uh, Tony uh, Schwartz. Uh, recently came forward and he's like, "Don't elect this guy. He's a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> like he all like all he does like he doesn't care if he gets good press or bad press. Like to him, it's just a show and tell." Yeah. So but, what's uh, what's the next movie? Okay, so our list? next film is the. Has anyone ever seen a documentary called The War Room? Yes. It was. Yeah. Now that was. A, I remember. I don't Watched know how it I found morning. it. Yeah. I don't know how I found it initially. But like it, it's it's a really interesting look at the politics of nineties. Uh, what was uh, Clinton elected? Nineteen ninety four. Uh, ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Okay. Clinton. So, Clinton versus Bush. Yeah. Bush quail and and Clinton Gore mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. The, on the tickets. And so much younger, uh, much younger Hillary. Uh, yep. You can see Chelsea when she had braces. Yes. <laughs> Very awkward looking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that awkward, awkward stage. Phase, yeah. yeah. Hillary's not bad looking then either. No. No. Yeah, she, she wasn't. Was, no. Yeah. I mean, she's like sixty nine now, and people are like, "Oh, she doesn't look good." It's like she's fucking sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, you want to bang the president? <laughs> <laughs> go get Sarah Palin then. Uh, yeah, there you go. Or or well, go, fuck Melania. Bachman. Oh, you know Melania uh, posed nude before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like that's a documentary. So I mean, in terms of like uh, dramatic licensing, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is a movie that the War Room's a movie that really captures yeah. everything. There's not yeah. a, there, a lot, all of it's fact because what we're seeing is what we're seeing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's a movie that, and that was a year that really changed the way, you know. Uh, politics were done and how campaigns were run. Yeah. 92? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you had Jennifer... Flowers? Flowers. Flowers. Yes, thank yep. you. I'm terrible with names, if you didn't notice. But uh, yeah. Jennifer Flowers, who uh, basically... She's not showing up at the debate, by the way. Oh, she's not? Yeah, because Trump invited her to come over. And... Yeah. All right, good, good, good. Jeez. Uh, but uh, Jennifer Flowers, uh, yeah, she she uh, she came forth saying that she had a 14-year relationship with twelve Bill, a 12-year relationship with Bill Clinton, and that they uh, you know, said they, they did it once in 1977. Okay, okay, yeah, and then you know that basically uh, Bush's campaign used her to slander Clinton right. and. Basically, the Republican Party. <laughs> That's did. fair, though, man. I mean, and yeah, I mean, it was like it was it was a it was a article in the Star, and they basically she was paid by the Star to talk to them, right? And then she's standing in the documentary. She's standing up at the podium, and they're like, "Did anybody in the Republican or Democratic, you know, uh, parties pay you or you know tell you to come up here and do this?" And she, or she's like, yes, I did get an offer from the Republican Party. Yes, that was it. And yes. everybody's just like, whoa. Oh, yeah. you got an like, offer. A, okay. There's so. a moment where it's like, where it's like, you know, not that, again, she clearly had an affair with Bill Clinton. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a moment there that's just like, whoa, this is kind of like really dirty politics. Yeah, right it, now. it opens up the door to see <laughs> what politics are yeah, like. But put it in context of four years before with Gary Hart. And uh, monkey business. Okay. Okay. Do you, oh, no, you guys know, don't no. know about don't that. Know. Well, we were oh, born yeah. in well, different years. I forget year. what her name <laughs> was, but uh, Gary Hart was coming through strong, and uh, 
he was going to be the nominee, yeah. the Democratic nominee. Yeah. Right, right. And then somebody broke this story with, um, they had some pictures of him with some toots on a, yeah. on a boat. <laughs> and uh, boom, it exploded and, and he was gone. Yeah. And he would have won. Yeah. Wow. I think he would have won. So how did it not subvert Clinton's election, I'm wondering, you know, with a, with a scandal like that, so yeah. close well, to the Clinton election. Clinton wasn't the front runner. Clinton wasn't even looking like he, I, I, I nobody yeah. thought he was going to be the nominee. Yeah. Really? Well, and they and talk I about think, that through the documentary about how he was yeah. just like a comeback kid. I mean, yeah. people didn't think he was going to even win the presidency right. at one and point. And it gave him an opportunity. Yeah. It gave him an opportunity to, in, it, to introduce uh, Hillary to right. the public. Mm-hmm. They went on TV. That was a big deal, you know, that they talked about it. And everybody was like, it's like being embarrassed for them. Right. right you felt right. kind of bad for them. Yeah. But you know what made the big difference in that election was um, uh, they would show, they did a documentary, and I'm not sure what station did it. They did a documentary about Bush, mm-hmm. H.W., and right. they did a, a documentary about Clinton. Yeah. Hmm. It couldn't have been two more different people. Bush came, his father was a senator. They came oh. up and they had tons of dough. Right. Clinton was up by the bootstraps, everybody. Yep. And this is when the South was still democratic. Right, right. And right. so uh, that's really the contrast between those two guys is what really put Clinton over. Yeah, the, uh, he's the, the guy who came from nothing. Right. And, you know, he made he was it likeable. to the top. Yeah, and he was likable. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing well, that... The documentary does show that, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing that Bill has that, like, Hillary doesn't. It's like, you're not going to see Hillary bust out a saxophone <laughs> and start jamming out in the middle of a show. Right. Well, know? I mean, I think... It t- I don't know if this is 100% correct, but it does show a little bit to the sexism of it all because, like, yeah. you know, men in the world see Bill cheating on his wife with a very attractive Jennifer Flowers. They're like, oh, yeah, way to go, Bill. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's just And like, then when they see Monica, they're like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But at the same time, they're just like, yeah. you know, that you could say in a way that that sort of helps him. And I think that's an interesting contrast with this, with the documentary, the war room, because yeah. it like shows these guys using sort of like that publicity, you know, yeah. all publicity is yeah. good publicity. That's what you it know, was to sort of help it, him it, get elected. It separated yeah. him from the pack for sure. And yeah. like, and now you look at today's, today's race where Donald Trump's sort of using that same tactic that yeah. Bill Clinton used back then. Yeah. And it, when you when you think about it, it's like, man, that kind of backfired at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I, and uh, it, it's funny the way the war room was done. It follows uh, George Stephanopoulos and um, James, James Carville. James Carville. Yes. James Carville. Raging Cajun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as, as sort of like the guys who are helping leading his campaign. And it's funny, like, the difference between those two guys yeah. are day and night. You right. know, George Stephanopoulos is kind of like this short, kind of geeky Greek guy, yeah. you know, who... Uh, Co- sort of going a little bit more by the books of, like, yeah. getting getting uh, their candidates out via the press and, yeah. and using those, like, spotlights to, 
you know, uh, make him likable, things like that. Mm-hmm. Where Carvel was a little bit more uh, go for the gun, throw. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's more of a tactician. He's yeah. kind of like looking at ways that they can get an edge on anybody. Yeah, like what was Bill Clinton doing over in Moscow? Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, how the hell should I know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and and he's then, a great character. You know, is. it's a great dichotomy between the two. And the 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 thing that I love about that kind of documentary is, unlike a Michael Moore documentary, this is very fly on the wall. Yes, just watch the footage judge for yourself there's no sort of skewer one way or the other yeah i mean and then there's this moment in the war room where they like catch you know carville and stephanopoulos give these two separate speeches to everybody in their campaign yeah yeah and it's like the first moment where you see carville really sort of like crying yeah and you're just like whoa like, <laughs> it's like it kind of shows the gravity what of was how that much... i don't remember that part uh, it's like it's right at the end of the campaign. Yeah. It's like the day Towards before the, the before the election, and they're just you know he's just kind of like he tells a story about um, I think it's like Ar- Arnold Palmer said mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. uh, the more you, right. the more you play golf, the luckier you get. Yeah. Lucky for me, I play golf every day or something like that. Right. So I mean, like I think, and then he starts to cry. He just starts to cry, and I think it kind of shows that like. Maybe there's a difference then and now. I, I I can't speak for it, but like these people did a lot of groundwork, yeah. you know, to like get their candidate elected. Yeah. There's a lot of effort and a that lot. That was of 16 art. millimeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was. That was even, before the age of digital. It was. I mean, yeah. there's moments where you see like little grains and like the, yeah. the hairs on the camera lens. Yeah, they got a little puby on the lens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it really. Um, yeah, I, w- I would be fascinated to see, you know, a documentary about, like, Hillary's campaign today in contrast right. with, with Bill's because I just think there's so much work getting put into it by Stephanopoulos and, and Carville that, you know, yeah. you can't even imagine. And there Carville was... ended up with uh, Mary Matlin. They're yes. married. Wow. And, yeah. Wow, and and she weird? was in the Bush campaign, which yeah. is, like, even crazier. Yeah. Is she out? Did she come out for Trump or is she against I think she might be against him. I'm not 100 sure about that. No idea. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's interesting. There is actually a documentary that was uh, produced by uh, uh, Edward Norton uh, about uh, that gave you a behind the scenes look of Barack Obama's campaign. Okay. In 2008, that's like really interesting to see. And uh, yeah, you actually you s- saw it. Oh yeah. 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 Way back. Yeah. Need to watch that. Yeah. You know what the difference between Obama and Clinton is? Mm, what is Obama that? looks like somebody that he's charismatic. He, he, <laughs> well, no, he he just they're both charismatic. Well, yeah. no, but Obama she kind of comes off like a robot, which is no, unfortunate. I meant, uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, the difference between uh, Obama and Bill Clinton is is that Obama just wants to go forward. You know, he he, he truly doesn't get that why people don't come together as a team and right. move forward. He, right. he just doesn't get it. Clinton, Bill Clinton, I get the feeling he wakes up in the morning and he thinks to himself, who am I going to fuck today? <laughs> and I don't mean Jennifer Flowers. I mean, who am I going to shiv? Oh, you mean like who? who is fuck he going to over? Yeah, yeah you fuck think over. So? I and know. I think I, I think he, yeah, I think he has that instinct to want to, fuck somebody over and i think he wants even he does it to people to send a signal to others not to fuck with him mm. and obama doesn't have that and that's why i think obama gets got, pushed around yeah. a little bit by yeah him. oh yeah, yeah like maybe, obama yeah. doesn't i mean that's one thing i i will say that's the main thing that's the <laughs> one thing i 
have to say I like about Hillary. Yeah. You know, it's so odd. It's, it's so odd to feel like I have to f- sound guilty saying I like the other candidate from the other party. <laughs> but, like, the thing I like about Hillary is, like, she is one tough lady. Yeah. Like, you don't want to. She's wanna, been through it. Yeah. You don't want to fucking piss her off. God, I <laughs> did not want to be in that White House when she found out about Monica. Yeah. You know, God, you just just everything in that. I heard, like, everything in that room not, was just not, flying. Not Hillary, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Just, just, just don't, all right? But, um, <laughs> like, just, uh, but she, it's like, she with Obama, he's a little too impartial, a little too nice, you know, with the with the other party, right? Which is why they kind of crawled all over him for the first few years, Man. and then by the time, you know, they they switched I mean, part of the it's house. Racial. To, I mean, part of it's the historic oh, yeah. thing, you know, and the, the, you know where he's at, and it, it. I mean, it's not apple. It's not apples and apples, but yeah, that's what I think is the difference. I think Bill Clinton is a. He's kind of like a mafia guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think and, and I think Hillary, she would like anyone gets on her fucking bed. That's why she comes off so phony when she's like smiling and all that. Because you know what? Real life, like, you know, someone would fuck up her coffee. She'd be like, give me the right fucking cup. You know, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, too, like, again, looking yeah. back at that, looking back at the war room in general, I think there was a certain sort of respect that. That both sides had for each other. Yeah, I think the gloves were still on. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Like they they basically like were like, all right, yes, yes, we are in this battle against each other, fighting for presidency. But I still respect you, you know, as yeah. a candidate that I'm against. And yeah. I think like eventually towards like George W's like maybe yeah. second term or first term, you know, the gloves started to like fall off a little bit. They really fell off by like Obama's second term. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, or at least his second attempt to become president. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, now they're just gone. Yeah. They're like both lines, just they hate each other. They don't want to like. HW came out for Clinton. Yeah. 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 I mean, but they. The lines have been drawn between both parties, and so, like people on the Republican side don't want to budge. They're gonna like continue to vote for their guy, no matter who it is. Clearly, and I think there's a. Uh, well, the, I think they're fractured. Well, yeah, they're fractured for yeah. sure. But I think like I think th- I think it's minimal, minimal fractures. It really? should. Yeah, I think it could be more. Like I think it could be worse than what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That. Like it, it, like it should be worse. Like when you think people would like look at Donald Trump and be like. What the fuck? Like, I can't yeah. follow this fucking guy. But, like, they still are like, nah, I guess I'll endorse him. Or, nah, I guess I'll still be with him. And, you know, things like, uh, you know, Hillary and put Hillary in prison. Uh, and, yeah, lock and her up. Lock her yeah, up. Yeah. And, like, Hillary sucks, Monica blows, or things like T-shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny, though. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's also, like, a showing of, like, there's no respect between no, each other. No, it's just... It's just, like, you know, all fair in war. And mm-hmm. I, I think, like, the war room was, like, more of just, like, a term. Ah, nice segue. Yeah, it's a segue. <laughs> but I think, like, the war room was more of a term for, like, the work that they were doing yeah. in this room to get their candidate not Nominated. Right. The, now it's more like, like how? What are we saying to like fuck that how other ugly candidate? Can oh, we get? Yeah, I mean, Hillary's kind of playing it the opposite way, where all her ads are just showing like the deplorable things that right. uh, uh, Trump says. Right. You know, there's a difference between being politically correct and then just showing being him. racist, <laughs> yeah. showing him who he is. Yeah. I mean. um, but uh, having said that, uh, 
God, I want to talk about Fahrenheit 9-11, but that's just a whole can of worms talking about Michael Moore. Yeah. I mean, I we, mean could, we can talk about his films in general. Yeah, in general, like Michael Moore, uh, I said earlier, I, I genuine, generally respect him yeah. as a filmmaker. Like, yeah. I think, like, the message, he got it is dark in here. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, anyway, yeah, no, well, it's all right. We don't have to... <laughs> Hello. Oh, nice. There we go. Yeah, I was getting scared. But yeah, you, you we're gonna turn the lights off and play "Who's in My Mouth." <laughs> but you do, but you do like his films for the most part. I like the message that they provide. I like the fact that you know that they're not they're not uh, basically smear campaign. Well, I mean, maybe Fahrenheit 9/11 in a way is a smear campaign, but yeah. he does go after the other party. Yeah. Like in capitalism, he very much went after the Democratic Party for folding during the 2008 financial crisis. Yes. Sorry. Oh, do you need this? Yes. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, we needed someone needed the mic stand, but we're we're back on. Yeah, but yeah. During the two thousand eight financial crisis. Uh, yeah, and I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen what's his newest one. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting it. Oh, uh, uh, who to invade next? Who to invade next? Yes. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't had the chance to check it out. Um, but you know, in, in essence, like he is a uh, filmmaker. Where I mean. He doesn't really play the line too well of finding a greater truth out of fiction because he's making documentaries right. that are essentially partially fiction. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, maybe there is some truth behind it, but overall, it's like he... It's, it's a little bit more biased towards his views. Very biased, yeah. yeah. And, and it doesn't help when your narrator has a very nasally voice and he weighs, like, 400 <laughs> pounds and right. dresses like a slob. Right. But, like, overall, it's like he does do the right thing. Like, he's... Very much like he is saying something that's kind of true from the beginning that nobody wanted to hear. It's like, you know, like Donald Trump could win. Right. And everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. That can't happen. But and, and nobody ever thought somebody like Michael Moore would even utter those words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he's, uh, he you know. He says that just to make sure that our side is ginned up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's true also. He could be right about... Yeah, it, it's a nice shock to the system for yeah. people who are like, whoa, we better vote for Hillary. Yeah, and as a filmmaker, <laughs> he's extremely effective in getting people riled up and ready to go. You know, like, any time you walk out of a Michael Moore film, the idea is you're supposed to walk out there with, you know, basically your head on fire. Right. And, um, I mean, certainly uh, Bowling for Columbine was an immensely popular documentary at the time when it came out. Yeah, I believe it won the Oscar. Yeah, and I remember it played, like, in regular theaters. Like, yeah. a documentary oh, yeah. never does that. Like, you know, you don't see it, like, play all well, over the first one did, too. Roger and Me. That, that yeah, yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. And that was like he always kind of made the go after him sort of movies, right? Yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, he was ca like he kind of brought to the uh, genre a way of like being the man on the street and sort of getting the microphone in people's faces, yeah, so that he could get the information, yeah, right there, right there, like you said, like gotcha kind of journalism, yeah, which spontaneous, spontaneous. I gotcha mean, some people journal. might some people might view it as very. 
manipulative. Uh, yes. Yeah, manipulative or uh, you know, uh, incorrect. Uh, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about things. And it is. Things, and that's the problem like, I have with him sometimes. Is sometimes he does feel like he just sticks a microphone on someone's face and be like, "Say your choice sucks," <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, uh, he sucks." Great. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I can't, I can't entirely endorse him. So, like, earlier I said, like, oh, I like Michael Moore, and I'm pretty sure everybody's like, oh, fuck you, you know? But he, he essentially, like... But we already said, you'll, you'll probably not agree. Yeah, you'll probably not agree. <laughs> so, there you go. You yeah. know, and uh, the I think that, um, uh, you know, in essence, like, he's an effective filmmaker, and he does a very good job, and his movies aren't absolute garbage like Hillary's America. Right. Which I don't know if anyone's... I've heard about it. Yeah. I didn't see it and I don't oh, think... Oh, the, uh, the Indian guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty... his name. Uh, right now, But no, Hillary's America apparently was nothing more the, the than felon. pure... The guy. Yeah. guy. <laughs> yes. That's right. Now, yeah. Michael Moore's not a felon. So, right. I mean, yeah, of course we're choosing between which poison to take. But really, Hillary's America is a display of a movie that has a very clear agenda to go after someone. Well, Michael Moore's movies, they have an agenda, but at least they straddle the line somewhat, and they're still appropriate within you somewhat America? of the confines. No, thank his, God. His name is Dinesh D'Souza. Right. Yeah. Dinesh D'Souza. And he has a whopping Metascore on IMDb of two. Oh, my God. That, that's what Hillary's America has. Hillary's America, the secret of the Democratic Party. A, wop, a whopping Metacritic, Metacritic two. 2. Wow. So I, mean, like, so I don't know what that tells you because it's yeah. like clearly. Oh, but they could say that the critics are liberals and da 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 But it's like, no, it doesn't matter either way. Right. But that's the difference between a filmmaker who you know does have an agenda, but at the same time, he uh, – Knows how to also show the facts yeah. and go after both sides. Right. Like, as arrogant as some of his movies are, they overall have a message of love in them yes. that I like, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I, I think, too, you can even go back to like Clint Eastwood's movies, like, mm-hmm. like in American Sniper, even though it, he clearly has a message of like patriot patriotism he also isn't afraid to show that like chris kyle had ptsd and was clearly struggling from yeah. what was happening yeah so i mean i think like i think directors know that they need to show you know both sides and as an audience it, you have to be blind to not notice that certain some movies are biased towards one side or the other i mean right. hillary's america is probably is clearly biased towards an anti-hillary message mm-hmm. so it's not you know it's not down the middle yeah <laughs> and it, it, you can't take it at what it is yeah it, it's like it doesn't try to promote any values of free health care for all or you know get the presidential candidate who's best for the country and best for the people it's just like hillary clinton is bad the democratic party is bad they all need to go away right by the way i've been in prison but don't worry about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how'd it do I think it bombed. Yeah, I think oh. it bombed too. Yeah, I, I think people were like, "Yeah, I mean, that's uh, even even the common person's like, I'm not going to see that." They're like, uh, "Do I want to see Magnificent Seven remake or Hillary's America?" Yeah, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, remake. I think I'll see that instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly on the list, we have Citizen Four, which is uh, an amazing documentary. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah, on it's very um, good. Yeah, on uh, Edward Snowden. 
And, uh, you know, the difference, I haven't seen the movie Snowden. I keep saying I haven't seen in this podcast, which sounds great. <laughs> well, we've, but, we've also seen a lot, though. Too. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Citizen Four is a movie that uh, it's, very, it's very much a thriller, but it's also a character study of a man, you know, who publicly has come out and, you know, told us about the NSA and how they're spying on people. Probably as we were IMDBing this stuff yes. right now yeah they're probably spying on this podcast yeah yeah exactly uh i mean that, <laughs> uh, has anyone seen citizen four yes yeah yes. citizen four um i'm uh, directed by laura uh i hope i'm pronouncing her name right poitas yep. p-o-i-t-a-s yeah uh it's part of a three-part series she made of america post 9-11 part one was about the war in iraq Part two was about Guantanamo Bay, and part three is this film. Yeah. Uh, she has been um, placed on a secret watch list and detained and interrogated, actually, uh, wow. when making these other two films. And this is the story following her and a uh, reporter for Salon.com, uh, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, oh, where, yeah, uh, yeah, good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Snowden. He's involved in the movie? Yeah, I mean, yes. it, it captures... Everything with him and Snowden basically having an interview together. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's the part he's the guy that ushered him in. Yeah. 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 And what he does is he uh, it started with Snowden's uh, sending uh, Greenwald these encrypted emails that they had to decrypt and uh, so he wouldn't get caught in messaging them. And then uh, the director, I'll just call her LP. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Poitus? Uh, Poitras. 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 Okay. Wait, there was an R in there? Yeah. P-O-I-T-R-A-S. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. All right. <laughs> You're all right. Yeah. She had to, pr- well, when she was making this movie, she had to protect the footage by moving it through Berlin. Um, and uh, pretty much what happens is we see Edward Snowden on his few days before releasing the story about the NSA spying on people and then and a using little afterwards. cell phone companies in order to yeah. get information. AT&T and Verizon were yeah. able to intercept uh, various uh, uh, amounts of data yeah. from people and the meta the metadata where they could not and they could look at the duration of your phone call, look at um, you know when calls were made, make a distinction as to which kind of person that you are. Yeah. You know, based on that and actually they said that you know, they can't uh, find the contents of your call, but then they found out later, yes, they can find the contents right. of your phone calls. Right. And all privacy is taken away. Recently, like, someone asked Edward Snowden, what should they do about Google? And he says, don't use it. Huh. So Yeah. Um, and I think Mark Cuban's even talked about that, too, with, mm-hmm. like, Facebook and, and Instagram profiles eventually right. being the new form of... Uh, uh, stealing of information and oh, yeah. and identity oh, yeah. theft mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You gotta you gotta watch what you post online. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, um, but pretty much like Verizon, AT and T, they were intercepting millions of uh, communication, uh, millions of amounts of data of communication between people. Uh, some NSA agents get a thing called Privac, which is called privileged access, which is something that is access extracted from 
all forms of communications that they can use to spy on people. Yeah. Uh, without, you know, any form of subpoenas, without any form mm-hmm. of uh, legalization, you know, they need to le- legally do that <laughs> to get people's information, but they were just doing it on their own. Right, yeah. I mean, the uh, U.S. even spied on millions of Brazilians' emails and phone calls. Yeah. And then, like, the third half of the movie, partially, is Greenwald in investigating how to find Snowden because this is after he like kind of came out right. and you know had to go underground so. yeah <laughs> and he knew the consequences uh and anyways I could go into all this like there's a big bombshell of like how many people per state are uh being monitored yeah but I'd say watch the movie to find that out yeah you know, definitely. And the only way you can paper. watch the movie is to download it from <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you can watch it on HBO I believe uh, I watched it on Amazon uh Amazon yesterday. Prime yeah, or, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean there's ways to watch it but I think I think like after this movie came out you know it won best picture yeah and uh, uh, best best documentary feature yeah or, yeah excuse me yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's what I meant it yeah. won, won no, the no. Oscar for best documentary um but I mean I think like I think even today, people still don't really have a grasp of the gravity of that film and, and the gravity of how serious it really is. Right, right. Which is, I think, you know, the what the documentary set out to do. To yeah. And allow you to grasp that gravity. Yeah, because what the movie essentially does is it, it shows how this is a very horrifying thing like we don't have privacy anymore and edward snowden he didn't want to go out to be like oh he wasn't doing it for fame he didn't want the story to be about him right he wants the story to be about how we are not safe we are always being monitored right Uh, i might as well just give away the thing at the end no go ahead yeah yeah Yeah, talk about it's not it's it's a it's not really a spoilerish film like spoiler it's a a documentary yeah Yeah, you could google it yeah even though he tells you not yeah there's a one (laughs) point (laughs) there are 1.2 million people on of on various states on the nsa's watch list I mean, so in Illinois right now, right, we're filming in Chicago. There's 1.2 million people on yeah. the watch list, so yeah. I could be on the watch list right now. Right. Well, that's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Come after me, bro. No, um, but don't please. Uh, <laughs> but you'll, you'll mean, find nothing. Yeah. But the, the wonderful thing that this movie does is it kind of shows uh, not only the importance of the issue, but you know to. Attach an emotional arc to the film. Yeah, it 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 really shows Edward Snowden as a human being, as a person. Yeah, and we see him in these days where he should be under excruciating stress. But as you can see when you watch the film, he's extremely unusually calm about it because right. he knew what he was getting into. Right. and you just there's there's a sense of claustrophobia. In the film where you're, like, most of the picture is just in this tiny little hotel room where right. he's stationed in Hong Kong. Yeah. And you get a sense of entrapment. Like, you can't get anywhere. You're trapped within your own walls because at any moment, anyone can breach through it and invade your privacy. Yeah. And I mean, focusing on Snowden for that long, that's what the movie so wonderfully portrays. I mean, even inadvertently through the white balance of the film, like you kind of have this colder daylight balance. Yeah. You know, the whole time as if 
you know, that they're getting closer in on their subject and you just feel a distance right. from reality anyways. Yeah, I mean, there's even moments where, like, uh, you know, uh, conversations are not videotaped because they mm-hmm. can't. And, yeah. I mean, conversations mm-hmm. are just audio only and, and she's sort of subjected to sort of turning her camera off and saying, like, mm-hmm. okay, we're not going to record this. or mm-hmm. And they don't even, you know, have full audio. They just sort of talk about it in text. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it was a very serious thing. I mean... As a director, she was sort of putting herself in harm's way. She very much puts herself yeah. on the line. I mean, she's been to. Deta- I mean, Glenn Greenwald's partner, yeah. actually, on the way to the airport was oh, uh, right. detained. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he he was detained, and you know, uh, you know, they, they ended up getting back together, and but you kind of like you, they actually thank God they had a camera in the airport, like when he catches up with him, and you could just tell in his partner's face, like right. he's just it's like. In absolute misery. Yeah, I mean, and if that's not award-worthy, you know, documentary making, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, I mean sure. the whole third half of the film is just like titles. Yeah, you know, it's a very much like yeah, a, yeah. a film you have to see where you have to rewind and pause because right. you're like, "Fuck, I didn't catch that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think you know we've talked a lot about it today. It goes back to this sort of thing with journalism. You mm-hmm. know, it goes mm-hmm. back to telling a, a factual story the yeah. right way and letting people just see it for themselves. Yeah. And I think this is a this is a form of journalism even though it's, you know, even though film is art and even though film is is entertainment in yeah. some ways, this is more journalism in a lot of ways because yeah. she's doing a a service for us to see this to get it out to the public to know that yeah. th- that this this has been happening. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that was that was the main thing that really stood out with uh the picture was it was all about the facts and how dangerous it is to be a whistleblower and come yeah. out with those facts. And but you know, I mean, in all points of history, there have been whistleblowers. We have Watergate, where uh, we had multiple whistleblowers, yeah. uh, specifically Mark Felt, who gave all the information about the uh, Watergate break-in. And now we have Edward Snowden. Um, I mean, we also had uh, another great film. We didn't put this on the list about a whistleblower is uh, 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 God damn it! What's it called? <laughs> it's it's a Michael Mann film. Oh, the Russell, Insider. The, the Insider. Insider. I actually yes. just watched that recently. It's a great film, which yeah. is a phenomenal film. I mean, that's another film that shows like how, as journalists, like for sixty minutes, you know, you're watching these people who work for sixty minutes. Yeah, they had a responsibility to tell the people that the, the tobacco industry was, you know, lying to perjuring themselves and lying to Congress yeah. and. You know that's important. Yeah, that's. I mean, you you need to do it. You need to do the right thing. And yeah. and it. I mean, Russell Crowe's performance in that is phenomenal. By yeah. the way, I thought that was his best performance ever. Yeah, he's yeah. really good in that. I mean, huh. you know, and he shows sort of the stress of like that he was under. I mean, it, you know, he ruined his relationship with his wife, his family. I yeah, mean, these are things that you can't really grasp the nature of what they've done for their country or what they've done for, you know, humanity, humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I still don't think people, like I said, I don't think people grasp the Edward Snowden thing enough. I mean, like when the DNC is hacked, that's like, that should be viewed as very criminal. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that's a criminal act that things, when information is leaked, even if, even if that information that is leaked reveals that Debbie Wasserman Schultz was, being a, a, a total bitch, yeah. right? Well, she was stealing votes yeah, and having stealing a votes. Like, Even though it yeah. reveals that, right? I mean, that's the fact. But even though it's revealing it, 
her her privacy still has been invaded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think like every human being we live in a digital age where our emails are important, mm-hmm. where our you know, our communication's important, using our cell phones and using our, our laptops. That stuff should be very private to people. And when it's hacked into and when it's revealed, I think the press, you know, yeah. has a right to say this stuff has been illegally obtained. These people, their privacy has been invaded, and we should not release it to the public because yeah. they don't, they didn't deserve to know it in the first place. Yeah. It was supposed to be private. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. It, it is a fine line. It's a fine line. I know that, but. Well, stealing votes for the DNC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's a, a little, big deal. I mean, yeah. they shouldn't have intercepted her emails. I mean, the way they obtained that information. I mean, I mean, even back then during the Watergate gate break-in, that was sort of like uh, without digital technology, they were still intercepting information. Right, right. But right. Um, I mean, in essence, like when standard civilians' emails are getting you know looked into and they're considered a potential target by the NSA. Yeah, that's that's too that, far. Yeah, that, it's like you know just some guy who. You know, it's just going to work every day. All of a sudden, could be, and it's not only uh, intercepted because uh, due to terrorism, but you know, to protect us from terrorists. But also, right. there's various other special interests involved yeah. as to why people's communications are being monitored. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a political. It, w- it was a very important political film about journalism and really about Edward Snowden. Seeing him actually, it's a. Kind of a charming guy, like for a guy right. who, like came out and whistleblowed and all that. Like he was likable, he was calm. You know, he wasn't like crazy at all. He was very, very rational. He wasn't like an overweight hacker, like sitting in his no. basement. You know, like just hot trying. girlfriend. Yeah, he did actually. You yeah. saw her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> David just made a dirty face. <laughs> but like that—that that was the thing. I and I like the political films that are out there to uncover the truth, you know, and, you know, there's a difference in political films that are about giving facts and telling a very, I mean, a very strong narrative uh, through their storytelling, you know, mostly based on hard journalism. And then there are movies that are uh, finding a greater truth through fiction like JFK through its mise-en-scene, which Mm -hmm. means what's in the scene. I'm, you know, ooh. French. Ooh la la. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I think that's all we have for this. That's Any... all the time we have. Yeah. We're at hour 35, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so nice talking to you two. And, oh, God, who are we going to vote for for this election? Yeah. I'm writing in Mickey Mouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll write in Edward Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. you know it's it's plug time. Yeah, yeah, plug time. Yeah, be sure to uh, you know get my reviews. Yes, go to a movieguide.com. Movie reviews and interviews. And yes, uh, who have you done interviews with? Uh, my most recent interview was with Fetty Alvarez and with Stephen Lang oh, after, after the movie nice. Don't Breathe. So, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, which was pretty good. And then uh, we've got. Uh, our coverage from the Bruce Campbell Horror Film Festival, which was last month, and then um, where was that? Uh, that was out in Rosemont, which was pretty good. And we're gearing up for Chicago International Film Festival, which is fun, which will be fun. And then uh, you know we've got plenty of movie reviews. We got reviews of The Magnificent Seven and uh, The Light Between Oceans, and then Don't Breathe, the new Blair Witch, which was not so good. Do you see the Blair Witch in it? Uh, a little bit. 
Yeah, what she look like? That. She hot? No, <laughs> no. scary. But um, but yeah, I want to see Westworld. I, yeah, I heard, about I heard, I heard it's amazing. About, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, but um, yeah, we got plenty of reviews. We got interviews, and uh, you know, yeah, be sure to keep reading at a movieguy.com. Cool. Is it print or is it um, online? Pod, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's podcasts and videos. No, no, it's just, it, no, it's just movie reviews and interviews, and then coverage of uh, it's coverage of film festivals. That's about it. That's all we do, and. Um, yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. You can get, you know, our our weekly movie reviews. Do you do uh, old stuff too, or just? Uh, uh, yeah, from time to time, my review uh, this coming week will be of the Criterion Collections Valley of oh, the Dolphins. Oh, nice! So yeah, I'm doing that for the movies, their, their DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so Criterion owns Valley they, of the Dolphins. They they're releasing yeah. it oh, this it's week that, well, because of Ebert and well, probably. And I mean, he wrote it. Releasing uh, both. Valley of the Dolls, and then Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is the Ebert. Beyond Ball. is the one he Beyond did. Beyond yeah. is the Beyond. Ball. Yeah, but but Criterion is releasing both this week. I think oh, on nice. The you know what you got to you got to do a drive-in movie. Uh, we actually are thinking of doing a drive-in movie uh, festival. I've been talking to somebody about that. Really? Yeah, I want to show movies from that era and the have like 70s, different themed yeah. nights. Yeah, you know? like um, American Graffiti, maybe. Yeah, yeah, American Graffiti. We'd have like Elvis night. We'd yeah. have like no, Hitchcock no, night. No, I mean like real. Um, Hoosier stuff. Uh, like, um, they called her One Eye. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You like, know it? Like, Have you seen no, it? No, but it sounds like, like Grindhouse. A, yeah, like Grindhouse, Art House stuff. Or not Art House, but we'll like. We'll have a night for that exploitation too. Exploitation kind yeah. of films. Yeah, th- I mean, that's the way we spend our summers. The Dirty O'Neill was another one. That, you know, nobody ever yeah. you know, nobody yeah. knows about it, but if you've seen it, it's, that's a political film. Yeah, okay. and, and it's a whacked out movie. It's yeah. like nothing you'll ever see. Really, what's else. the name of it? It was I. I believe it was Dirty O'Neill, and it's about a Dirty O'Neill, Southwest small, small Southwest town, and this guy is a cop in the town, and the town's corrupt. He's corrupt, but going through it, he kind of understands where yeah. the corruption's leading, and uh, he uh, becomes a good guy and goes on this sort of rampage and blah. Yeah. Oh wow. And then they called her One Eye. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have never heard of it. No, no, that's a very underground film, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, it was. And uh, I remember when we watched it, we were like, I mean, we'd get a keg, a case of beer. We'd sit on the hood of the car. <laughs> and we, 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 it wasn't really to watch the movie. It was just kind of to chill, yeah. you know, on a summer night. But this, they called her one eye was so whacked out. And I had completely forgotten about it. I saw it in like 1974. Yeah. Completely forgot about it. And then I heard a Tarantino uh, interview where he references this, this movie. Yeah. He says this is the the best revenge film ever made. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I got to see that. Me too. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds amazing. You got anything to plug, Dave? No. No, ravenswoodmedia.com? Uh, if anybody needs a nature, environmental film, come see us. Yes, David does a lot of environmental films. He uh, hangs out in bat caves, films bats, uh, Films. What, what else? What else have you filmed? Uh, gorillas, um, sea otters. Yeah. Um, That's frogs. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. And you, I think you, I think you and uh, Dougie, what's his name? Your friend's name, Dougie. Uh, you guys didn't you guys get an Emmy way back for a Lincoln Park Zoo documentary? No, no, Dugan. Dugan, yeah. Dugan, yeah. Dugan got the Emmy. Oh, okay. Nice. What, what was what's his full name? Uh, Rosalini. 
Uh, Dugan Rosalini, yeah. That's a good name. Oh, we're plugging Dugan, too. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, what the heck? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can check out uh, my show at You'll Probably Agree. You can follow me at uh, Twitter at YPA Reviews. That's Y-P-A <laughs> Reviews. Um, yeah, I didn't even plug my uh, my Twitter handle. Oh, I, I guess I got to do what's that. What's your Twitter? At Leo's a movie guy. At Leo the Leo's Leo's a movie guy. A movie guy. Yeah. Any apostrophes? That's Any? it. No, okay. just all one word. At Leo's a movie guy. Okay, yeah. great. At Leo's a movie guy, yeah. and you can find me at YPA Reviews on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, find me on uh, blah, 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 on YouTube, which is the big one that I use. At YPA Reviews, same name. And it's also, it stands for You'll Probably Agree, Y-O-U, apostrophe, L-L, probably <laughs> agree. And they yeah. always get stuck on the apostrophe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but this is, but that's about all the time we have. Thank you for listening to You'll Probably Not Agree. <laughs> Tentative title. All right. Thank you very much to Leo Brady and David McGowan. We will see you next time, and happy voting, everyone. Get out there and get out to vote, unless you're voting for Trump.